It's time to bed out. Welcome to Veg Out, where we're embracing plant-based adventures. I'm Adrian, and on this show we chat about everything food, family, and fun. I'm a scratch cooking wife and mother of two who loves exploring in the kitchen, and I'm here to share ways to make healthy food, especially plants, fun, delicious, and sometimes adventurous for your entire family. On this episode, we're going to talk about a topic that all moms can relate to, mom brain. Now, as soon as I say the term mom brain, some dads out there, or even if you're maybe single and you don't have children, you may not quite know what I'm talking about, but if you're a mom and you have at least one child, um, whether you are a grandparent or an adopted parent, a foster parent, a parent, you know, by default because you're a neighbor of a mom with several kids and you help out, regardless your status, as a mom, if you take care of kids, you know what I mean when I say mom brain. You know, I was having a conversation with a coworker last week who just happens to be a licensed counselor and we were talking about motherhood and in her case, grandmotherhood. And I made a comment to her about how I feel like I remember very little and pretty much almost nothing anymore. And I told her that I have complete mom brain. And her response to me was just so graceful and she simply said, well, you have so many things on your plate to remember, it can be really hard to keep up sometimes. And I think, you know, her training as a counselor, of course, they're supposed to kind of soften things and, you know, say, tell it how it is, but also kind of present it in a way that you can, um, that you can absorb it. But I really took what she said to heart because it was the first time, and this might sound kind of weird, that another mom has pretty much told me that my brain isn't disintegrating <laughs> or it isn't going to explode because of everything going on, but that it's simply an effect of life happening. And if we can get to a place as moms, and I'm speaking specifically to the moms, and if there are any dads or husbands out there or friends of moms, please send this message to them because if we can just get to a place to embrace that there's a lot going on and it's okay if we forget things sometimes, we just have to have systems and, and strategies and mechanisms in place to help us along. Motherhood doesn't mean doing it all alone and all yourself. It means being savvy enough to A, know when to ask for help, but then B, to know when to put strategies in place that will help us to be more effective and in terms and in other terms, healthier and happier um, as we do this thing called life. So that started me thinking about what can I personally do to help with this? And on all fronts, physically, mentally, nutritionally, spiritually, and, and so my hope is that this episode provides you with some tips to help you not fall victim of this infamous mom brain concept, but to again, fully enjoy the season that you're in and to thrive in our calling of motherhood. So this is to all my mamas out there. <laughs> so when I say mom brain, just to kind of define it a little bit, I don't mean that you know our IQ is lower or you know there's a level of incompetency. 
It simply means those days or those moments when I can remember some I, I can remember someone's name if I meet them today, but maybe a couple of years ago or month or years from now, sorry, I have no clue who they are or the context in which we've met. Like that has totally happened where I'm hanging out with friends that I interact with on a regular basis and we start talking about things that happened years ago and I'm like, I don't even remember that person or I don't even remember saying that or doing that or I don't remember that situation and I feel like, oh my gosh, what's happening to me? (laughs) Or it could be those days when I walk out of the house and head to work only to return back in the house three or four more times remembering to complete a small detail of the morning routine that I'd forgotten earlier. It's crazy. It could also mean having your kids search high and low for the keys that are inadvertently in your hand or in your pocketbook the entire time. We all wear so many different hats, wife, mom, sister, daughter, granddaughter, um, sister-in-law, and if we work outside of the home or if we serve in ministries or in our, in our community organizations, we have several hats that we wear in those places as well. So I have to always kind of turn to research and see what doctors and, and psychologists and people who study these things for a living, see what they really have to say about this. So Dr. Alexandra Sachs wrote an article for the New York Times last year called Reframing Mom Brain. If you didn't get a chance to see that, definitely read it. I'm going to put a link to it on our Facebook page. So Dr. Sachs states that while the scientific literature does suggest that pregnancy changes the brain on a physical and cellular level, meaning like hormones of pregnancy do actually change cognition, sleep deprivation does lower our mental abilities and our brains are simply physically different after pregnancy. So even though all of this stuff is true, there's actually no convincing evidence that pregnancy causes an overall decline in our cognitive performance or memory. Can you believe that? So even though deprivation deprivation kind of makes us like walking zombies and even though there are hormonal, legitimate hormonal changes in our brains during pregnancy, That doesn't necessarily correlate with the fact that pregnancy would cause a decline in our thinking and the way that we remember things. So there's not strong evidence to support that. Um, I think there needs to be more people around the table doing this research because I can completely come up with examples that are arguments, but we're going to go with what science is saying today. Instead, most experts believe that pregnant women's brain changes actually are examples of something called, I'm getting scientific here, neuroplasticity. And that is the process in which the brain reorganizes connections throughout life to allow for new learning. So as we continue on and go forward in life, we learn new things every single day, whether they be big things or small things. We learn things every day. And so what they're saying is the brain actually goes through this process of neuroplasticity to help us learn all of these new things that we need as we continue through life. There was a study 
um, there was a study though that also showed that pregnant women did experience difficulty remembering words, but not necessarily other memory functions. So they may forget the name of their favorite TV character on a TV show, but have no trouble with the type of memory that involves learning and reasoning and comprehension. And those of you that have experienced this kind of quote unquote mom brain phenomenon know that that's probably true. Like. I'm not any less smart than I was when before I was a mom. I'm probably more intelligent now because I've learned more things. But it, sometimes it, it comes to like those minute details and those small things or that memory recall from years ago or things, again, that you just don't interact with on a regular basis that just blow, you know, go out of your mind. Um, and probably in my limited scientific knowledge, I would attribute that to we just have so many things that are priority and that need our attention that the extra is sometimes just that it's extra so my mind doesn't need to hold on to you know who i met three days ago unless they have a prime purpose in my life at that moment so i don't know that's kind of my argument as to what mom brain means and kind of why we get that in this phase um, of life so again, there's no, re there, well, I'll say there is actually also research pointing women, um, pointing to women who came into an experiment labeling themselves as cognitively fuzzy. I love that term, cognitively fuzzy. They were found to actually perform much higher than they reported. So women who kind of like labeled themselves as I have mom brain or there's something wrong with my, with my brain or the way that I remember things, when they were put in situations where they had to um, recall information and they did memory exercises, they performed much higher than they thought they would. And that tells me there's nothing wrong with our brains. It is, again, simply the prioritization of information and kind of dealing in that fight or flight mode. Like if something's going on, I need to deal with what is right in front of me versus all of these extra things that, yes, could make my life much happier and you know more fulfilled and you know a more comprehensive look at things but at the end of the day sometimes we just need to make it to bedtime <laughs> and as a mom you do have those days where you're like let me just make it to you know nine o'clock and we're good but as moms we shouldn't always be thinking about let me just make it to xyz let me just get through XYZ. I can't wait until my kids are doing fill in the blank and then I'll be able to enjoy, you know, life to its fullest. That shouldn't be our headspace right now. We should be in a mindset where at every phase of life we can find joy in some of those challenges and in some of those places. Um, there was um and there was an article that she quoted um in her in her piece in the New York Times um and she quoted another writer Elizabeth Stone and the quote that she took from Stone says the decision to have a child is to quote decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body Perhaps it's only fair that parenting requires shifting in your mental space as well. And that I think is what 
is happening when we have children. It's not that, again, our intellect is not decreasing. We just have to reorganize information in our brains to make sure that not only we're taken care of, not only our spouse, if that's our situation, is taken care of, but now these little people that we're ultimately responsible for, for at minimum 18 years, that they are also taken care of. So knowing that that's our, that that's our calling, knowing that that's our space in life right now, what can we do to thrive even when we're feeling the mom brain kicking in? So we know it's a thing. There's actual research on it. Now, if we feel that we have it, what can we do about it? And that's what I'm going to hopefully share with you. So The Art of Simple is a great blog. Um, I love all the things that she kind of puts on there because she, again, breaks things down into very simple, um, absorbable, you know, um, talking points. And so she has an article that talks about combating mom brain and things that we can do to work through this. And there's several tips that she gives in this in this post, um, but there's three that I want to highlight for you and kind of go into a little bit more detail than she does. The first, move the body to strengthen the mind. So studies have shown that physical activity is essential to keeping our minds well, um, to keeping our brains oxygenized, um, oxygenated, I can't even say the word, keeping our brains oxygenated and those connections that we're building, keeping those connections strong. Um, And so again, when you look at the brain's activity level, when you're sedentary and you're not moving compared to when you're actually moving or even shortly after exercise, even short bursts of exercise, they're more nervous inspiring there's more stuff happening and more um, more ability to actually retain information that's coming in so this is important for students for kids that the more exercise that they have the better that they're going to be able to perform in school the more information they're going to be able to recall when test time comes and as a mom and as a parent the better you're actually going to be able to serve your family because you can function you know, for lack of a better term, on all cylinders when you have some physical exercise going on. It doesn't have to be, you know, CrossFit and running a marathon. If that's your jam, then go ahead and rock it out. But some of us, we have to start with small steps. So as simple as stretching and yoga, swimming. Um, These are all kind of non-impact exercises that you can do that will, again, get your body moving, but getting all those neurons firing, all those connections, building stronger in your brain. Walking. Walking is one of the most effective exercises, and it's super kid-friendly if you want to take your kids along, because if you have small children, you can put them in a stroller, bring them along with you. If your kids are bigger and you have the whole family with you, take them for a walk all together, and you can run, and you can skip, and you can play and, and talk and, and see see what's going on in their lives. Um, cycling, like bike, biking, um, is another example of things that you can do with your family. Go out and toss a Frisbee blow some bubbles, you know, do something fun outside to just get you up and moving. And this is definitely something that I'm going to take on um, as a tip to really try to, you know, now that the weather's getting nicer outside, it's March right now when I'm recording this episode. Um, so we're starting to see some daylight coming longer and longer in the day. And, um, you know, now that that's happening, taking advantage of that and getting my family out and moving. The second tip is to have structure. Now, I'm very tight. 
having children um, does not yield itself to a type A mindset all the time. Because it seems like as soon as you get something organized and laid out, your kids come in and they just totally mess it all up, totally change your plan. <laughs> so, I, so I say that I'm type A, but I'm flexible um, and adaptable. And that's the, the little gem that motherhood teaches you, <laughs> is to be flexible and adaptable. But one of the things that we can do to combat this whole concept of mom brain is to have a structure, have a plan. So that means having a system and a routine for things that you do every day. So that means putting your keys, your watch, your pocketbook, your work bag, putting those things in the same place every day so you don't have to think about where they are. Having a common place for your child's book bags or folders or Bibles, whatever they have. Developing routines that you can follow to ensure that you've covered all the bases for a particular um, you know, task that you're getting done. Um, even charging your electronics in one spot so you don't forget where your devices are. How many of you lose your phones and you're like, where is it? And if you would put it in the same place at the end of the night, then you wouldn't have to search for it and you wouldn't necessarily wake up with a dead battery in the morning because it's charged. Packing your work bags and diaper bags, book bags, even lunch bags the night before or doing as much prep work towards that as possible. That way you're not forgetting the homework that needs to be turned in. You're not forgetting the permission slip that needs to go in the bag. You're not forgetting the presentation that you worked on the night before because you remember to put it in your bag before you went to bed. Some personal examples of kind of how I've started doing this, and when I when I started doing research for for the for mom brain specifically, I felt pretty good because I was doing some of these things, but I definitely identified some areas where I can definitely strengthen and do them a little bit better. But for me, we have um, a set of key hooks that we come in, and whenever we open up the door, the keys don't should not hit the table; they should go straight to the hook. That's the ideal situation. Sometimes they do float around and then when I go past the key hooks, I'm like, wait, where are the keys? Everybody stop, find the keys, let's hang them up. That way in the mornings when it's crunch time and you gotta get out of the house, you're not searching for them. Search for them the night before. Don't search for them when you're headed out the door. <laughs> um, and again, that, that really only works if you have remembered to take them out of the door when you open the door and that they didn't spend the entire night in your lock. Because hypothetically, that could happen. I'm, I may or may not be speaking from experience. I admit nothing. <laughs> um, another thing that we've done here at my house is I put hooks on the inside of our coat closet door. I just use those like, um, I don't know what they're called, but they're like the big white kind of adhesive hooks. Um, that when you pull on the little strip, it doesn't damage the paint or anything. So I put those on the inside of our coat closet door to hang up my kids' coats and my pocketbook. So when they come in the house, they put their coats in there. I hang up my pocketbook, not my work bag, but my pocketbook in there because it's too heavy. Um, and then there are two baskets that I have on the inside of that coat closet, one for each of my kids, and that's where they put their book bags. 
when we get another house or if we improve on the house that we have my dream is to have a mud room where you can come and hang all that stuff in and put your shoes and it's like on your way inside the door but since we don't have that i had to be a little creative and so i'm using our coat closet to to store those things in so when we're like okay go get your book bag in the mornings when my kids are still asleep because they've got to get a school bus at 6 20 in the morning don't get me on that soapbox but they don't have to think about where their book bag is it's in the closet in their basket ready to go um, another thing that we've done is I have a little basket in our dining room which is where my kids Bibles go and I also have a little mealtime devotional book in there now it's easily accessible in hopes that we will use it more and read it more and we're still working on that so that's something where the system is in place now we have to enjoy the benefits of that system and actually read um, and do some of these devotions devotionals over mealtime so that is an area where I need to strengthen um, and then the last thing that I can think of that I've done in this area is I've typed out my morning routine on and I've placed it on my wall and I have it in my phone to help me keep track in the mornings and I've set alarms in my phone my always going off in the mornings with alarms because it helps to keep me on track I know what time I'm supposed to get up and do my devotional I know what time I'm supposed to go and you know get the kids food ready for the day I know what time I'm supposed to come in and work out I know what time I'm supposed to take a shower get dressed and what time I should be headed out the door now do I stay on subject or stay on time every day Meh. Sometimes I'm better, you know, it happens better than others, but I at least have that structure in place so that I know that I can get things done, I know what I can get in, and I know that I've factored in time to make sure that all the bases are crossed every morning. So that might seem a little intense for you. Pick one of those things to do and try and see how it works for you. The third and final tip that I'm gonna give to you on this episode um, to help combat mom brain is eating eating for your brain food for thought literally um, you know I have to link food in here somehow that is that's the whole premise of of life is eating and enjoying food but also food serves purposes for our bodies and studies actually have shown that eating a plant-based diet is great for brain health as long as you're getting the proper supplements to complement your lifestyle. So if you are on a completely vegan diet, you wanna make sure that you're getting in the right vitamins and minerals in supplement form, um, or also in the foods that you're eating to make sure that you're not gonna be deficient in any of these areas because your mom brain may not just be a thing that's happening, it could be an effect of a nutritional deficiency that you're having because you're not getting in all of the nutrients that you need. So an article in Psychology Today actually talks about the vegan brain which is the title of the article and that article actually summarized a more full article um, from diagnosis diet called your brain on plants and so one of the things that they talk about are these supplements or these areas where um, vegans can find deficiencies and even those that are not on a fully vegan diet or a plant-based diet you still may have these deficiencies if you're not eating the right types of food so don't don't tune me out if you're not vegan um, we are plant-based which means we're not completely vegan because our family does eat honey which is not a vegan food and we do do eat fish so 
you know, everything else, we don't consume dairy, we don't consume other animal products, um, we do consume fish, and we do consume honey. So that's why I say that we are plant-based. Um, so we're getting some of these and some of the other foods that we do consume, but again, it's all about not necessarily your label, but the types of foods that you're eating, regardless your label. Okay, let me clarify that. So some of those nutrients where you can find that it's easy to become deficient in if you are um, consuming a primarily vegan diet or a plant-based diet or some of these areas that if you're just not including this type of food. And this is not an exhaustive list. I'm just gonna run through some of these things to highlight them. First is DHA and EPA. These are um, omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. Um, the functions of these fatty acids is for brain health and development and they prevent and manage heart disease, they lower your blood pressure. There's so many things that omega-3s, omega-6s that these fatty acids do in your bodies and they're called essential fatty acids because your body does not make them. Okay, there's some minerals and some nutrients that your body produces on its own, but um, but with essential fatty acids, your body can't produce them on its own. So you have to eat foods every day that contain these so that your body gets everything that it needs to um, fully function properly. So some of the examples of foods that you can consume, and most of these are plant-based, flaxseed, ground um, is the best because your body um, can't actually break down whole flax seeds. So if you have ground flax and include those in, um, like sprinkle them over your cereal or put them in a smoothie, that's a great way. Chia seeds um, are also another source. Walnuts, seaweed, um, so that's actually um, a plant-based food product um, from the sea, but if you eat a lot of sushi, um, the seaweed that it's wrapped in, or nori, if you make your own spring rolls, that's definitely a good source of omega-3s. Hemp seed, Brussels sprouts. I was actually surprised to see a leafy green on there. So Brussels sprouts are a good source of omega-3s as well. Um, and spirulina. If you aren't familiar with spirulina, I'm gonna do a whole episode on it because it's one of the world's most powerful and potent superfoods. Um, it is algae, so it is um, a plant-based product, but it is aquatic, like it's from the sea um, or from the ocean. It's one of the best sources of omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and then of course you can have vitamin supplements. Um, you know, taking vitamins that specifically say that they add to your DHA and EPA um, consumption. Next, vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 is good for energy. Um, it prevents anemia. It also promotes um, cell and nerve health. You can get B12 through, of course, supplements, but um, some breakfast cereals and plant milks are fortified with it, so look for that on the label. Um, also, meat substitutes and nutritional yeast, which is one of my favorite things to add. Um, it has kind of this nutty, cheesy flavor, but you can also add it to popcorn. It's a great source of B12. Um, I have this chewing gum. I buy this chewing gum from Amazon, um, and it's fortified with B12, so it's almost like a little energy burst in the middle of the day. And then of course, vitamin supplements. So all of these things, if you find a, a vegan-based multivitamin that includes these, then your bases will pretty much be covered. Zinc is another one. Zinc is great for immune health, um, growth and repair of body tissue, and um, 
And the important thing to know with zinc is that your body doesn't store it from day to day. So again, you need to consume it on a daily basis so that you meet your body's daily nutritional requirements. And you can get zinc through leafy greens, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes, um, and I was so glad to see this one on the list, dark chocolate. But you need to watch the sugar content and the fat content in that dark chocolate. So try to opt for um, adding unsweetened cocoa powder to different things so you don't have to worry about that. Or if you're gonna actually get the pre-made chocolate bars, opt for ones that are between 70 to 80% cocoa and that'll kind of keep you um, in the safe zone for that. But um, dark chocolate is a winner in my book. Two more for you. Iron, first iron trans transfers oxygen throughout the body from the lungs to the tissues. So this is why if you have anemia um, or if you're anemic, you feel tired because your body isn't getting the oxygen that it needs and that oxygen isn't going to all the parts of your body that's needed. So ways that you can make sure that you're getting enough iron in your diet, leafy greens, wonderful, collards, um, Swiss chard, kale, spinach, anything green has a good amount of iron in it. Beans and legumes, those are high protein, high fiber, but also high iron foods. Um, whole grains and nuts and seeds, those are all sources of iron. So just make sure that you're including those whole foods in your diets and you should be hitting your iron requirements as well. With iron, before you start to do a separate iron supplement, that is something along with all of these other areas to talk to your healthcare provider about. You don't want to start taking um, a supplement in some of these different areas without the um, consultation and the care um, and the watch of your physician to make sure that you're doing it the right way. And then lastly, the one that I'll touch on is vitamin D. Um, your body makes its own vitamin D when you expose it to sunlight. So taking that walk with your family. If you do that during the day, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. If you don't necessarily live in an area where it's particularly sunny or if it rains a lot and you don't get a lot of direct sunlight, then some dietary ways that you can add vitamin D in are through tofu, fortified cereals and plant milk. So again, check your label of the cereals that you enjoy or the almond milk or soy milk that you're drinking to see if they've actually added vitamin D to it. Um, orange juice is a great example of a drink that they fortify with vitamin D. Mushrooms are also a vegetable that actually has a great amount of vitamin D. Um, and again, if you're not, if you're plant-based but not necessarily vegan, fatty fish like salmon, mackerel, and tuna are also great sources of vitamin D as well. And then fourth, um, fourth, the last tip, her article kind of touches on other things um, to get enough of like sleep, making sure that you're doing brain exercises like crossword puzzles and Sudoku and or maybe even taking a class in art and music or an area that you're interested in just to keep your brain active. All of these things are things that you can do um, to strengthen your, your brain's ability to, um, to fully function in all of the capacities that we need to function. And I'll make sure to include a link to um, all of these articles that I referred to on our Facebook page. So the bottom line here is create a plan and give yourself some grace. None of us is perfect, but if we can take the time to slow down throughout our busy days and prepare ourselves for what is to come the next day, 
then we'll be more likely to laugh at those fuzzy moments when they come instead of being so stressed out by them. So just remember, when it comes to you and your family eating healthy, and in this case, adopting healthy habits and routines, it's not about perfection or falling into a particular category. It's about taking small steps and knowing you're doing something great for your family. All right, everyone, it's joke time. This is one of my favorite parts of the episodes and I hope that you're enjoying it too. So since it's March, I'm starting to think about green. And so here's my joke for the day. What is black, white, green, and bumpy? A pickle wearing a tuxedo, of course. I hope you enjoyed that one. Um, thanks so much for joining us for the episode today. I hope that you um, could find at least one thing that you can implement to see if you can um, feel a difference in your body, feel a difference in your mind. Find us on Facebook at Veg Out Chat or Veg Out Podcast to keep the conversation going. Join us next time, but until then, go rock some plant-based adventures. <laughs>